Let me just tell you a little bit about me so you know why I'm here and why would I do what I do. I live just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, my husband and I have eight children and six grandchildren. And in 1995, I was a patient in a mental hospital. So welcome to the that's my story, and I hope you won't think I'm too flip about mental illness, but if you do, I would say, as you've heard every single week, that's my story, that's how I share it, and that's the story that brings me to you today. So welcome, friends, to Consider Yourself Hugged, episode 22. Today's hug, communicating your best self with Meryl Runyon. I am Dr. Tammy West, here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. My guest today has been an unknowing um, mentor, friend, hero of mine for years, Meryl Runyon Rose. Some of you listening have probably purchased one of her many books. In particular, the one that changed my life was Paraphrases, so we'll talk a lot about that today. And I will remind you of the story. You may have heard it before on another episode, or if you've seen me live, I'll remind you of that story during the chat with Meryl today. I'm so honored that she had time, that she agreed to chat with me. I don't want to yammer on and on. So I will just say, ladies and gentlemen, Meryl Runyon. Um, I have been looking forward for so long to interviewing a hero of mine named Meryl Runyon. And I want to read just a little snippet on the back of her book and then share with you the story of how we connected. And, and then we'll talk to her just a little bit. So Meryl Runyon is a certified speaking professional whose clients include IBM, who find her systematic, the IRS, who particularly love her in mid-April, and the FBI, who consider her to be a person of interest. She is the author of four books that have sold over 250,000 copies worldwide. I'm gonna say that number might be higher than that at this point, especially because I've been out there pushing her book. Um, Meryl, welcome, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It's fun. It'll be fun to talk with you. I think and yeah, the, it has gone to more than that. And I have 10 books now. So I've been busy since this bio was written. What? I knew you had more yeah. than just paraphrases, but I didn't know you had 10. I do. Well, I have a number of books with uh, McGraw-Hill, Perfect mm-hmm. Phrases for Managers and Supervisors, administ- Office Professionals, Administrative Assistants, uh, Virtual Teams. Um, icebreakers mm-hmm. and then I have one with Penguin uh, for performance reviews and then I also have one that was published with WordStream on political communication. Wow! So, yeah so I've been very busy but I haven't written a book for oh I don't know maybe six seven years now so uh, I'm in a different place but I went for many many years when I was always writing a book. Well I, I just I can't believe I did not know that as much as I love what you do. I knew some of the books that you just mentioned, but I did not know the rest. So are they still out there being sold? They are. Yeah. You should be able to get them all through the bookstores or on Amazon. Uh Okay. Well, I'll definitely put sort of a generic link um, so that those who are listening can sort of take you away, even though you're not right there with them. Yeah, the power phrases really is, that's the first one I wrote and I revised it many times and it really is the anchor for all of them. You know, it's the overall uh, how how to put your words succinctly uh, in in a more uh, generalized, universal way. And as you know, uh, it's written for business and it's written for the office. So there's 
um, chapters on uh, talking with your um, managers or being a manager and that kind of thing. But it also has a very strong personal aspect to it. It does. You know, where, where it's very much about how to communicate your, your best self mm -hmm. as clearly and succinctly as you possibly can. So a lot of people tell me that it's been personally uh, beneficial for them in addition to being professionally oh, important. It, yes, it was, it was for me. I mean, if you don't mind, I just, I'm going to tell everybody sort of how we connected. Um, yeah. Everyone who's listening, if they've listened before or if they've seen me live, particularly in a session called Plays Well with Others, they've heard me tell this story and I'm just going to shrink it down very short. But you really transformed my life because, wow. oh, you did. You just, you did. Um, so we, I was working for a seminar company and we had products that we were to sell at the back of the room. And so I always would, would look at the products before I would sell them. And so your book was one of them. And I was in the room, this was early on. This has been about 12 years ago, 11 or 12 years ago. I was fairly new to full-time speaking. I'm in a seminar room with about a hundred women in a women's conference. And there are two of us training together. And this was a, another woman who we just didn't connect. You know, I mean, sometimes you just, mm -hmm. you just don't connect and we didn't. I do know I've been there. Yes. Yes. And so we, we didn't connect. And then the, a day came where it was like Wednesday. I think we'd been together for a couple of days and we were, we were explaining our next session and we took a break so that the women could go to either her session or my session. My room was full. She came walking in before it started and said, well, no one came to my room. So I'll just join you. Well, I was doing an emotional management class and there came a point in the class where I said to everyone, um, I need someone to engage me in a difficult conversation who will do it. So I'm really asking them to be mean to me and no one really wants to be mean to me, but her hand went straight up. Oh my. And she <laughs> says to me in front of a hundred, 120 women. Yeah. What's up with your hair? Now the women, <laughs> it wasn't planned Meryl cause my face got red. <laughs> So here I am in front of a hundred, well, I'm going to say 120. It was probably more than hundred. I'm in front of these women who are waiting for me to show them emotional control when I have been sort of not a, I don't want to use the word attacked, but someone has said something pretty negative for, to me in front of everyone. And my challenged. Mom, yes. And so I wish I had the page number. Actually, I did have it, but then my sticky note fell out. So there yeah. is... Nope, here it is. Okay. So on page 282, um, nope, that's the wrong one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I remember it wasn't the exact phrase, but I remembered that there was a phrase in there, something like, what would make you ask me a question like that? <laughs> and Meryl, I, I opened my mouth and it came out. And then she said, so to the, and then she said, well, I don't know, turn around. I think you look completely unprofessional. Ooh. That was the page 282. And I said, well, I do want to hear what you have to say, but not the pot shots. Oh, and beautiful. I, uh -huh. I sent you an email shortly after that. I don't remember how long it was. And I think when you had your newsletter, you featured it. But that day changed my life because I knew that I could speak up 
in a professional, confident way, even if I was quite honestly shaking inside. I had the uh-huh. words. I had the words. You had the words, and, and that just makes all the difference. You know, and a lot of times people will say, well, you know, they, they find the words a little bit late. But the more you get familiar with it, the more it's just there, you know, when you, when you, when you want them. So people so. have said to you, they, when they say they find the words late, are you yeah. talking about different than, because sometimes people will say, um, when I'm talking about this concept, they'll say, oh yeah, every time I walk away, I think, well, I should have said, but the I exactly. should have said are never good. You're talking oh. about something different, right? Yeah, the prob- probably, yes. Uh, you know, I do talk about poison phrases. I have poison phrases all through the book. And one of the reasons why I use poison phrases uh, is that there is a part of us who does want to uh, kind of even the score. And there's things that we would like to say, but they aren't really going to get us the result that we want on the deepest level. Like if you want to live to work with this person another day, you know, that might not be what you want to say. But it really helps actually to give voice to what we want to say. And then that can be a basis to flip it, flip it forward. But a lot of times people will say when they look at this book, they say, oh, my gosh, I could have used it last week. Mm -hmm. And, And then I would say. Uh, trust me, life will give you another opportunity to be able to use those phrases. Oh my gosh. So, uh, I love what you said. Um, even the score, I've never thought to word it that way. That is kind of what we want to do, isn't it? Well, it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got me and I want to get back, but you know, you, you just erase the whole concept of scoring when you come back in a way that elevates everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's really a lot of why I wrote this book was just to help make these approaches conscious and, and so that it could become more of a habit to respond in a way that would move things forward rather than mm-hmm. shut them down, either shut them down by me kowtowing, which I've certainly done plenty of in my life, mm-hmm. or by coming back, you know, in a strong way that uh, triggers a reaction. You know, I'm, I'm flipping through the book right now, and I'm seeing some of the phrases in here are just so simple, mm-hmm. and yet it's kind of amazing how we might not think to actually say them. I mean, it's um, what's what's, uh, what's like? I need your help. I need your advice. Uh, I could use some input here. Um, I apologize. I'm still on my learning curve. This is a power phase for reminding people that you're new. Um, you know oh, what I, I just made it another mistake to learn from. You know what I love so about simple. that? Yeah. And it, that? you're giving people permission too to admit that they've done something wrong, but in a, mm-hmm. like, in a confident way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is for me, power phrases have never been about spin. They've never been about BS. They've never been about, uh, kind of pulling one over on other people. It's all about getting to the deeper truth. You know, you are, if you are new somewhere and you are in your learning curve, then that needs to be made conscious for everybody. And and one of the big things about that power phrases do uh, is to set uh, realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really helpful when people have some very uh, clear sense of of what is reasonable to expect. That's one of the reasons why I was telling you when you invited me uh, to have this conversation. Yes, I'd be delighted. And you do know I'm retired and I haven't been speaking. And 
I don't know how it's going to come out, you know, and I wanted to be sure, you know, that you knew, you knew that and you knew what you were getting and you opted in Mm -hmm. and here we are. Yes. So that, you know, just, it just takes a lot of pressure off because then I don't feel any need to come across as the consummate professional who is slick and polished and, you know, Mm -hmm. never says, um, and er, and that kind of thing. You know, I'm a retired person who sold a lot of books and, and, uh, and um, it's all still very dear to me. So here we are. Oh my goodness. Um, I haven't heard any ums and ers, by the way, but even if I did, (laughs) and I, well, yeah, we didn't know what we were going to get. So here we go. No, I just, I'm, I'm just so thrilled that we're having this conversation because I have been talking about you for such a long time. Um, I was, you said something a minute ago about, oh, about setting the expectations. Yeah. Uh, and that, that probably applies in more than, even than just uh, saying that you are new at something or that this might go that way. I guess I don't think of those when I think of power phrases my mind doesn't always go that direction. So even right now, you're, I think of power phrases as, you know, asking for things or speaking up or that, Mm -hmm. that section right there. I'm like, wow, that's a whole new thing. I haven't even thought about setting. Yeah. Yeah. All of that is very uh, important part of power phrases. And, you know, some of us, uh, our weak areas are in speaking out and asking for what we want and standing up for ourselves, et cetera. And for other people, there's a tendency to be, too aggressive or uh, too um, full of ourselves in a way, you know, we all have different strengths and different weaknesses, but this is about owning the full magnificence of who we truly are with, with all our, our greatness and, and our limitations and flaws. So, uh, so it's real important, I think, to help people, um, you know, to provide a context. That would be another way to put that to provide a context well in this uh, i'm just looking oh excuse me no, i'm just ahead. looking at the book here and and there's a power phrases for managers um it says end an interview by saying what happens next is or you can expect to hear back by and this i love this you know even though i have not had an interview for you know how 25 <laughs> years but um or you know, i haven't given many either but, but so many times people will set unrealistic expectations because they'll say what they think people want to hear. Mm. So they'll say, yeah, I'll, get, I'll call you back tomorrow. And then they, they don't because, and, and sometimes you can see it coming because you know how busy they are and the chances of them being able to get back to you by tomorrow are unlikely. But they'll say, I'll call you back tomorrow. And so then you're expecting that. And so that's one thing that really tends to frustrate me quite a bit is when people will, will make promises that they can't follow through on mm-hmm. because they're setting unrealistic expectations. So just setting ones, you know, that, so, you know, you know, you know, the, the basic mantra of speak strong and power phrases is say what you mean and mean what you say, you know, how it finishes. And don't be mean when you say it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yes. I have some of us. <laughs> yes. Well, and and truthfully, that has been a very important, in many ways, life-changing mm. um, expression for me. I use that as a practice. It's a spiritual practice. It's a perfect de- uh, uh, personal development practice. Mm-hmm. 
where when I find myself in some kind of area where I'm blocked, I say, well, I, I repeat that. And, you know, there are some times when, when we might opt not to say what we mean and mean what we say, uh, whether we mean when we say it or not. Mm-hmm. But um, there may be times we opt that. But the question is, if you aren't saying what you mean and meaning what you say, why not? And, and so that, uh, so that you know that you're making uh, conscious choices that may be in the benefit of a bigger, a bigger goal or, or a bigger um, communication. You know, or maybe now is not the time to say that, but I'm, I'll tell them when they've had their coffee. I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because I'm a big old choice person, meaning mm. there are times when I choose not to address something that's upsetting me in my life. But the difference between me now and me however many years ago is that I know that I'm making that choice and then I have to figure out what the reason is. And I'm okay. Yeah. You know, because exactly. this, this is the choice I need to make right now. And, and the things that you're saying are fitting so well with the whole reason for this podcast, because my goal is to help people with mental and emotional well-being. And the way that we do or don't use words affects, you know, how fearful we are going into a situation, how comfortable we feel, how likely we are to make those, those choices in a different mm-hmm. situation. It's, it's all just balled up together. And the me, Meryl, I just, I call me sometimes me pre power phrases and me <laughs> post power phrases because the whole, I mean, you know, my story and everyone, even if you've, even if this is the first time in the show, you heard the intro, you know, I was in the mental hospital back in the nineties and anxiety, depression, PTSD, panic disorder, and part of the issues in my life were I let, you know, I did the whole silent to violent and mute to brute. I Mm -hmm. didn't know how to speak up. I didn't know that you could actually have a conversation with someone and speak with someone without either boiling over screaming or, or completely shutting down. And this is what I want for my listeners is to develop those tools and to arm themselves. And this is what you've done. I'm sure for millions of people. Um, wow, thanks. But that I know, is so good to hear. Well, and I, and, it, and I mean every word of it. And, you know, and I also, do you mind, because I know you wrote the book, the concept was born out of wanting to have this confident, powerful language, but wasn't it also born out of some events in your life? And would you mind talking about that just a little bit? Yeah, well, I will tell you, I, I it's hard for me to understand how I, I got to be so reticent to speak, but um, but I really was. It was like there was a hand over my mouth all the time, and you know, if I got any pushback at all, uh, I would um, uh, I would just back down. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a pattern you know, from childhood, but it came to kind of a a uh, crescendo, I guess, in uh, 1986 when my first husband became ill. And it, it's the symptoms. It, he just wasn't getting any better. And I was reading a book that had a, a chapter in there called, uh, it was given Minnesota Doctors Home Remedies. And the chapter was how Harvey Peterson beat his tumor to the punch. And Harvey Peterson's symptoms sounded just like my, Mike Mike's. So I, I showed the book to him and he threw it against the room and he said, damn it, Meryl, I don't have cancer. And don't talk to me about it again. 
and don't tell anyone. Don't tell don't talk to my mother. I don't want to worry her. Don't talk to friends. Don't talk about it. So you can imagine, you know, my hand went up over my mouth after that. Uh, and nine months later, he passed away from untreated cancer. So I don't know if he would have survived if I had been able to be assertive in a way that he could have heard me. Uh, I, I do know that um, that it would have been a much, much different experience because going through something like that, when you can't talk about it, is so uh, painful and so excruciating. Mm-hmm. So I spent a lot, I just became a woman on a mission to find my voice, but you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a long-term practice and it's still going on. But um, I then a few years later, I had a friend who had symptoms of cancer mm-hmm. and I was able to express my concern and my sense of urgency in a very graceful way mm-hmm. that um, she was more able to heal. Now she it was just like uh, deja vu all over again, and she ended up passing away from from it too. And she might have uh, survived if she had taken action more quickly. But mm-hmm. this time, I feel like I didn't let her down, and I didn't betray myself. So mm-hmm. even though the outcome wasn't what I might have hoped, um, it was such a different experience because we were able to talk about everything that was going on. Mm, that's huge. Yeah. So like I say, I just, it's interesting how life keeps giving us these lessons over and over again and places to practice. And, do, um, you know, do, it just feels so different when, mm-hmm. because when I feel like I can't say things, sometimes I don't even, sometimes I don't even think about saying things. There's so many times I would look back and go, well, why didn't I ask for this? Or why didn't I ask for help? When my, my first job, a really good job I ever had, uh, was as an admin of developing effectiveness measures for police departments in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville? Yeah. And then the person I was hired to assist quit. And so they turned it all over to me. I was in way over my head. But I was afraid and didn't know how to ask. They would have gladly gotten me help. If I had let them know, they would have been very supportive. But I felt like I had to look like I knew what I was doing. Mm. It was so hard. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so it, it's just so much easier now. Um, and I still, I still use it as a practice, you know. That's what I was going to ask you. Do, you. do you still find that not only are you using it, because you did talk about the fact that it, even though it's written in a, and, and of course, all of your other books as well, but right now we're specifically focusing on power phrases, but it is written mm-hmm. for the business environment, but it's also such a tool to use personally. So do you find that you are still like transforming in your communication, still developing more power, power phrases? How do you see it in your life now? Yeah, it's, it's, it has changed. I have very little confrontation in my life now. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that's just a blessing, you know, being retired where you can choose who you, who you play with. <laughs> uh, I think that's part of it. And the other part of it is I think a lot of conflicts or potential conflicts get avoided because I don't put my foot in my mouth or 
step on some kind of unthinking landmine so much anymore. For me now, um, my purpose and goal in speaking and using power phrases, I would call them more grace phrases, just the power of invoking grace. You know, yeah, I love it. (laughs) You know, I just love for every word to be an invocation of a higher level of awareness, of a more graceful way of looking at things. Um, You know, and just have the goal. Like, you know, I love truth and I love clarity, but that's Mm -hmm. not the whole story. You know, Um, sometimes people don't need to know don't need to be corrected on on um, little things and and that kind of thing so it's more just figuring out how to be with people in a way that uh, brings out the best in them and also invokes grace so I like that you know I like being in an environment where I don't have to think about winning all the time or getting ahead Mm you know, I can really think about, well, what is this in situation asking of me and how can I make it more beautiful? You know, and, so. and even so, I mean, I know that that's the, the situation that you're in now and, and the way that your life is going. But if, mm-hmm. if we're back out in that business world tomorrow, do you still feel that you, because I do, I hear it from you, that you would still be invoking that and and looking at some of those those phrases and language to show grace sometimes and not always just be looking for um, correction or, I mean, I feel like even if you were in that environment, you would still be living this life. Does that oh, make- yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually, it, I always have. And yet uh, now when I'm not uh, trying to prove myself or get ahead, so, so much of my own ego is, and, and own desires are more on a back burner, and so it's easier to be more generous. So, so yes, it's always uh, been a part of who I was. And I say it's always been a personal development practice, but also a spiritual practice for me mm-hmm. to um, just develop the ability to be uh, the biggest, as big as I can be, and magnanimous in any situation. So... That has always been there, and I do hope that that shows in the books. But I will tell you, this is—I I think this is kind of interesting. I um, uh, perfect phrases for managers and supervisors. Mm-hmm. I about three, four years after I first wrote it, they asked me to write a revised edition, and so it was so nice to be able to go in and redo it, because oh, going back over it, it was like it seemed to me I was a lot heavy, more heavy-handed. Oh. Than was the, the, than the situations required. You know, I had people love the book and it's old, but I read it and I cringed a little bit. Like, there's got to be a, a gentler way to say that that would actually be more effective. And so it was fun then to to rework it into uh, something that that not only uh, satisfied the need of the situation, but was uh, more appealing to the heart. Gosh, and I don't know. I look at the, you know, at the book and the sections and all the other books you've written, and that's a lot of words. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's a lot of growth. That's a lot of study. And what would you say um, 
Meryl, this is just something I thought of to ask you. I hope I don't put you on the spot, but what would you say to some of our younger listeners who are like in the heat of this, you know, the, their careers in the business world? And do you think that like where you are now is a process and comes with maturity and learning? Um, is, would you say that to them that it's, you know, you've got to con constantly, you need to study and learn and grow. Uh, would you have any particular steps of advice for them as they're listening to you and where you are in your, in your communication life? Well, I would have a question for you before I could answer that. Sure. Uh, since I haven't been teaching seminars now for probably about 10 years, and it seems to me that the dialogue has changed quite a bit. Mm. Now, I don't know what it's like, um, so much these days, but I really get the impression that uh, that a lot of, whereas my generation, I've got some years on you, uh, my generation, there were a lot more of us who were um, pretty much trained to be silent and, you know, grew up where things were more patriarchal than they are now okay. and with a certain expectations for women. And it, it seems to me that more and more women in the workplace are are more outspoken, sometimes to the point of being brazen, mm -hmm. you know, where, um, where it can inspire, where everything feels competitive or um, challenging. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you find that, that has, have you found it has evolved in that direction? I think maybe to a degree, I still see, so the, the groups that I speak to oftentimes do have a high volume of, of women, high percentage of women. I speak mm -hmm. to a lot of education groups, a lot of healthcare groups, but I still notice it overall. I don't have any data to back this up, but you're just asking me, what have I noticed? I think that I yeah. noticed it more as, as an age thing, that it is a progression um, mm -hmm. certainly there are always going to be women and men as well who are just sort of naturally, they have that naturally more aggressive tendency and they're not afraid to speak up. And sometimes they forget that the words they're using can be hurtful. Um, so yeah. certainly there's that, but I still see that I, I do think it's a lot of a progression of wisdom and how to use your words. And especially, gosh, we could go to this on a whole nother episode, but especially with the written, you know, texting and emails and all that, using our words, no one trains us how to do that. And yeah. so it, it's a choice to learn it. Mm -hmm. it is. And I'll say one more thing too, that communication model that you've probably, you know, the Moravian model that talks about um, I think is it only 7% of what people get from your conversation are your words. And that's, that's not true. That is mis, that is misunderstood. That really yeah. means when it's an emotional conversation, if you're yelling, people are not going to hear that. But, and I think that's been used to our detriment to not focus more on words, you know, and what people say. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a learning thing for everyone, whether you're too aggressive or too passive. Yeah, well, and I would ask my my people, how many of you tend more towards passive? How many of you tend more towards aggressive? Mm -hmm. And generally, there would be more on the passive side, yeah. the self-proclaimed, than on the aggressive side. But, you know, the speak strong formula, the say what you mean, mean what you say without being mean when you say it, that applies to everybody because for some of us, 
saying what you mean. You know, what do you think? What do you feel? What do you want? You know, what are the facts of the situation? Meaning what you say, meaning only saying things that you're willing to back and able to back up in action. And that's, again, setting expectations. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mean it, don't say it. No idle threats. So, but, you know, but those those are things that people who tend to be more passive need help with. But the, the without being mean mm-hmm. when you say it part, um, the aggressive, the, oh, darn, I was pretty good till this. <laughs> <You had laughs> and me. I remember one person after, it was a several-day seminar, and she came back the second or third day and said, my kids are saying, Mom, what's wrong? You haven't yelled at me all, all evening. <laughs> you know? and I'm not a yeller. That's kind of incredible to me. But, uh, you know, that, that was her tendency to... to uh, Mm-hmm. To over to try to overpower and be be a little stronger than the situation needs, and then that brings us back or brings me back to what we're talking about now. When you speak in a way that is too strong, then that creates defensiveness, and in particularly in personal conversations. But it's just so valuable to have it have it in work conversations too. When you really have a deep sense of trust with people. And you know that you can show them who you are and you don't need to put on a fake persona. Yes. Um, you know, the, it really opens up to levels of, of uh, tenderness and mm-hmm. uh, just joy of interacting that is not available if you're um, trying to overpower or win. And so my world now is just so so full of that where we just keep going deeper and deeper and sweeter and sweeter and uh, so that's just the, the shift I think if I were to write another power phrase book it would be um, something like uh, power phrases for the soul or uh, grace-based power phrases or something like that mm. does that mean you're thinking about another book or oh I have thought about it all the time <laughs> I'm not in writing mode now, and I'm just following the cycles. Yes. Uh, I also would like to write a book about um, companioning my father towards his passing, which um, was just one of the most amazing, incredible experiences imaginable, where we had always had a lot of love, but a a distance, and um, I definitely didn't feel safe um, exposing uh, my vulnerabilities to him. And um, then when he, when death became a uh, more imminent toward for him and more real, you know, the the things that that brought up, uh, I was really the only one that he could share a lot of that with. Uh, he had a lot of people around him uh, who loved him very much and and were tending to him, but but when it came to some of the the deeper conversations that needed to happen for him to as comfortably they happened with me between us and it was just so amazing to uh, to do that and so I think sometimes how nice it would be to or to write a book about that wow you know that that is such a if you look at it as the oh gosh I don't know the word I'm trying to use you you have studied and learned and just tried to grow as a person your whole life and a lot of that was the way that you communicated and then that was the way that you connected and 
and your dad ended his life with you, you know, as that is just so special. And so, you know, people who don't know you, it's been, has it been two years? Meryl? It's been, I, I, you know, I don't do well with numbers in time. I think it's been two and a half, but it might have been three and a half. It's been a while. Something like that. Yeah. Been um, a little while. I enjoyed reading your posts and I don't know if there's anything you want me to direct. You know, I know you don't do a, a whole lot on Facebook at this point, but yeah. is there something I could, because they were very inspiring. Is there something I can point people to if they're going through Situation? I don't. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't have have it you know, cataloged in any way okay. that would be easy to find. And I suppose I think if you probably if you searched my name and searched uh, dad with it or father with it, that um, that you'd be able to find some of the posts. They probably they might be easier to find on my uh, Speak Strong blog. Okay. But um, well, I'll yeah, put whatever links would be appropriate, you and I will talk, and I will put those in the show notes for. Oh, people. great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, um, it was just such a powerful experience. You know, like I'd ask him, uh, "How's your world, Dad?" And he said, "Well, which world are you talking about? I seem to be living in so many at once." <sighs> and so we could explore all of them together. You know. He, uh, he, in some ways, he would have felt like he was losing his mind, but he didn't because we were able to connect with the things that were going on for him mm. and validate them rather than uh, evaluate them from the perspective of, of how most of us who aren't in that situation are are, are experienced. So, that is so it was pretty amazing. And uh there was one day when I'd written the, the book Speak Strong, mm-hmm. and uh, I got a message that uh, my dad wanted to talk with me, and I thought, oh, he's going to be critical, because he was always critical. And I was like, I don't know if I have the strength to talk to him right now. It took, took me a couple of days to call him back. Mm-hmm. And then when I called him back, he said, I just want to tell you, this is the best book ever. And he said, I, I only have one complaint, and I braced myself for the You're one what? Okay. He said, I wish that you had written it 70 years ago. I sure could have used it. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) there was just a completion full cycle there. And, and I think it did happen largely just from practicing the simple formula and, you know, just figuring out how to say things. Well, I think that's kind of a good way for us to kind of, um, kind of close out our time together I was thinking of something earlier that I wanted to ask you but it fits so well in here if we can sort of wrap up in this way Um, I have so many people that will come up to me after a session and they'll they'll give me their scenario and they'll just say well what do I say well what do I do and I get their pain I mean you can tell that these are people they want help but I guess what I'm asking you and and how this relates to to your dad is it's a process right yeah 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 is that what you would tell these people who are in in pain they have difficult situations at work and at life that there's not always just i can't tell you one thing to mm-hmm. say you um what would be your little snippet of advice yeah and that is always a challenge with phrases you know because in a book like this you know you have to um you want to make things simple but what can be a power phrase in one situation will be a poison phrase in another one. But I will ask people, well, what would you say if you could say anything at all? 
Mm. And a lot of times I think people really do have the words. It's just that they edit themselves. And I'm sure you know as a creative person, there's a difference between the creative process and the editing process. And when we try to edit ourselves at the same time as we're creating, it really inhibits that process. But if you ask yourself what you would say if there were no filters, if whatever you said would be honored and respected Mm -hmm. and would be a springboard towards moving forward towards the kind of outcome you want, and if it's rough and raw, it would be forgiven, et cetera, then what would you say? And, And just to have that is a wonderful starting point. That's a gift. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is liberating. You know, there's, or, well, another time some people will say, well, you know, what should I do? Um, and I say, well, what do you think you should do? They say, well, I don't know. And I said, well, if you did know, what, what would you, what would you think you should do? And they would answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the same thing works with phrases. And I don't know what to say. Well, if you did know, what would you say? Oh. And somehow that takes some of the internal sensors off. That is brilliant. Taps the, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, it is amazing how it works. So it's all about finding our own wisdom and honoring it. And, uh, well, yeah, and just being clear with it. This is why you are my role model. And I thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, I look forward to maybe another book one day and to staying in touch. And whatever else you would like for us to know with links or whatever, I will put anything extra in the show notes and we'll just let people comment on that blog and, and just help them as much as we can. So thank you. Excellent. Well, thank you. It's been really fun talking with you. Oh, it has. And I appreciate you so much. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. And that's our time for today. I'm sad it's over. I usually say at the end, I hope you learned something, but I'm not even going to say that because I have no doubt that you did today. So please, please pass the show link along to a friend or two. Head over to TammyWest.com to get information if you would like for me to speak at your next event. And also you will find all the promise info and links there in the show notes. Um, You know, there were so many nuggets that I got from this conversation with Meryl. So I'll probably put those bolded so you can take them and use them. Um, Giving her credit, of course. I may put them on Instagram, things like that. The monthly giveaway, remember, will still come from leaving a comment on the blog. So be sure to do that. And again, thank you so much for listening. It really does mean so much to me. And finally, remembering our mental and emotional well-being goal, I hope that you will renew your thoughts on a daily basis, adopt empowering language that prevents verbal harm to yourself and others, wow, that was applicable today, and make positive mental and emotional choices every single day of your life. And until next time, consider yourself hugged.